Hello and welcome to another episode of the Crown and Collars Podcast presented to you by Flawless Noses Media. I am one of your hosts. I am Jeremy. I go by Black Dante on Twitter. I go by Sika Johnson on Instagram and Facebook. I don't really know her like that. And for tonight, my AKA will be um, Chef Robble. And I am joined by... The fact that you want to be that motherfucker on this side of things. Oh, uh, hey, y'all. <laughs> This is Tall Bianca XO. On your Twitter feed, I go by Bianca DJ No BS in the DJ slash professional world, I guess. Uh, AKA, what are we doing? Time is running out. I ain't getting no younger. We might as well risk it all. AKA, uh, I like that. I like you know that. I ain't got no more AKs. I'm going to sit on that one. I like that. I like that. I feel like that's a, a step up improvement from um from um the actual lyrics of that song. So I yeah, don't know. I mean, it, it's not about like it's not about going to the altar. It's about hey, uh, let's spend some quality time together. Anyway, thank y'all for listening. Uh, we are here on the Flawless Noises Media Network. Check us out, flawlessnoises.com. Uh, you can support the show in many ways, either by contributing just a general little uh, payout to us, which we would appreciate. But if you're going to do that, you might as well get you some bonus content. Uh, $2 will get you a shout out on one or more of our shows. $5 will get you a bunch of bonus content. $10 will get you all the bonus content. Stick around for a bit. You never know something nice might appear in your mail. So support the show. Shout out to... All the other shows on this hit network. Shout out to the black podcasters who are not about that bullshit. Uh, you got anything else for the intro? Or should we just jump right in? Uh, speaking of, shout out to all the shows on the network. By the time you are hearing this, well, honestly, way before, way past the time that you are hearing this, we added new blood to the show, to the network. Um, Love Drop Pod. Also, I'm not mad. On Piss dropped. Go check it out. We are super excited. We are thoroughly um, happy to have new blood and new perspectives and new voices on Flawless Noises, so thank you all for that. Also, on an update about this show, um, we, as of this show, um, Will, um, a.k.a. Goon Shades, a.k.a. Side Eye Special, a.k.a. a.k.a. The show title. The, a.k.a. Here Go The Show title. <laughs> Um, he will no longer be a part of the show. He has personal things to tend to and refocus and redirect in his life, and he needs to take a break from the show. So we do thank Will for all he contributed to the show, um, especially stepping up and stepping in uh, when Bianca herself also had things that she had to take care of um, and kept the kept ba- um, basically kept us afloat uh, and brought – um, a lot of dragons, a lot of shades, a lot of funny show titles, a lot of ain't shitness, but I mean, he was going to do that anyway, because that's just how he is. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, as far as a host on the show, we will no longer be on, on the show in that capacity, but we definitely, uh, whenever he has the time, he can he will and can be back on as a guest. Um, and again, we thank him for his contributions to the show. Um, definitely, I feel up me and Bianca's ain't shittiness levels. Um, I think that's fair. Uh, yeah, and also, you know, with that said, this is like when uh, Bomani left the third chair highly questionable. So we have a spot for revolving door guests. So if you want to do a guest spot on this show, reach out to one of us. Hit us on our direct pages um, and the show page. Yes. Together. 
let us know and we will work out a time and date that works well for all three of us and right. we're gonna make it happen indeed because we haven't really had guests on this show in a long time and it kind of uh, because life was life but that kind of is like the theme of our show like since its inception like two southern uh one southern bell one southern um nigger and <laughs> and <laughs> and just so it's no longer sponsored by all of our sponsors no oh no no, no. Uh, but that's kind of the theme of our show just two southern people sitting on the porch um being very southern um inviting people to come and kick it with us so if you want to be a guest, please reach out to me and Bianca. Don't hesitate. Uh, again, like she said, on our personal pages as well as the show page that is crowned in collards um, because we, when we were making the page, Twitter was being a hater. Uh, Twitter is a hater about a lot of shit, if we're being honest. Uh, well, I mean, 15 characters does make sense for a, a name length uh, limit because if you, you open the door to basically our instagram has no limit and you get these wild fucking iterations you know what that's fair that's fair you're right that's fair and also what that what that does is that helps us immediately notice who the spam is either by their scrambled up names or by like their how many fucking le- uh, numbers they have in the goddamn name? right yeah it's like john's smi 7840-2936 like okay right. we, uh... by the way none of those are my pin to any of my uh, bank accounts so don't try it I just randomly read those numbers out of my head because I all know, you goddamn scammers out there. I know yeah. all ten single-digit numbers pretty well. <laughs> the other thing about those accounts, they'll be like Sarah one seven nine one two 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 four page made fucking twenty twenty March twenty twenty and shit. Like, girl, y'all tried it, right? Y'all tried don't it. don't fall for none of those accounts, like. Yeah. We're at the point now where we just, we reporting and keeping it pushing. Right. Report, keep it pushing, do not engage, um, do not pass go, do not collect $200. Just report them and get them the fuck out of Dodge. Speaking of which, shout out to everybody that reported Michael Rappaport. Yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> that shit was funny. That, I, the funniest tweet I saw to that was, I forget the young lady's name. Please blame it on my head and not my heart. But somebody was like, why is Michael Rappaport always in black people's business? Bitch, you are a cracker. <laughs> and the, the, they had cracker in all caps, and I don't know why that shit was so funny to me. The emphasis on, you, you, remember, you are white. You are white. But honestly, I blame niggas for a lot for allowing him so much space and country for all these years. Like you did one or two movies with black people and you think you have the 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 authority. Thank you the fucking voice box. Yeah. Fuck right. out of here. Right. Like shut anyway, the this, up. This isn't a podcast about Michael Rappaport. There's also not a podcast about Kanye West. We moving right to the topic show. Correct. Uh first up, I don't know if y'all heard the news, but one time NFL MVP, one time Super Bowl champion and possibly one of the early signs tell us anything, one of the best quarterbacks to do it in, in the NFL, just inked a 10-year, half-a-billion-dollar contract. What the fuck? Because um, it wasn't that long ago. Like, it was within the last decade where the first $100 million contract uh, hit the table. And, I mean, I'm not counting the one that Pink Manitai, because that was, like, a 10-year, 100 garbage contract. Uh, yeah, it was a really shitty deal. 
And then Vic got the one after his first year start, and it was like nine years that maxed out at like 121 or something like that, but he was never going to make that much on it. Um, not, I mean, that's not, I'm not saying that shade or nothing like that. It's just some of the things was just like, yo, you need to win seven MVPs, start in seven Pro Bowls, and make six Super Bowls for this kicker to kick in. Right. And that wasn't going to happen. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, by comparison, has a contract that by all means is friendly to him and also friendly to the team because of how it's structured. There's like all of these provisions in place that say you can't approach us and rip this contract up either because the TV money got crazy or because you played out of your mind even more so than you already have to this point in winning an MVP and a Super Bowl championship after not barely taking the snapshot rookie season. But damn. Right. Damn near 50 mil a year? Um, a year. For 10 is, years. Is the TV money, like, about to be that brazen? Because... Listen, what is the price on the TV cable is what I'm trying to figure out. I don't know, but it's about to go up. I can tell you that much now. Yeah. NFL Network is yeah. about to send your cable subscription up, like, a dollar or two more per month. Um, mm-hmm. Because, so... I think what the league is banking on, and we're going to talk about another thing related to this in the next segment, is we're about to start winning some fans back. A lot of people walked away from the league either because of how Colin Kaepernick was mistreated or because they felt that the fact that Colin Kaepernick was being treated any kind of way at all, like anybody was paying any attention, meant that the NFL was too political and needed to stick to sports. And so... They tuned out and they burned the Nike Air Monarchs. <laughs> the Mar- Monarch 82s. Them, them dad sneakers, you know them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Great Britain Nines. The, the, the big ass fucking white with the Navy outline check on them. And yeah, yeah, you know them. The fucking lawnmower boat sneakers. shoes. The lawnmower sneakers, yes. yes. So they burned that and they burned the Nike socks. I'm like, that's stupid because you already paid for that shit. Now you got to go replace it with something else. Um, that's probably even uglier than what you had before. I don't know if it gets much uglier than the Air Monarchs, but I mean, it might. But uh, yeah, so I think that they're banking on like money spenders coming back to the league mm. and re-embracing the league. Yeah. Also, I feel like they're banking on because, well, I mean, it's obvious to us, and by us, I mean niggas, that it's performative, but I've, I also feel like they're banking on people who are buying into their them their performative, oh, we get it now, Black Lives Do Matter shit, they're banking on that getting niggas back, too. Yeah, so who knows, who can tell ultimately, but yeah, shout out to him. I mean, fuck, make that bank. Uh, because like he did a thing his rookie season that didn't get talked about a whole lot, but he said he wasn't going to appear in, and remember, Patrick Mahomes is the top 10 pick. Said, I'm not going to appear in any ads. I'm not doing any local TV spots. I'm not doing any of that stuff until I've been in the league and have shown, you know, something for myself. So basically, he lost it on two years of that because his rookie season, he was behind Alex Smith. And then his second season, it wasn't really imminent that he was, oh my God, Patrick Mahomes until he was, well, oh my God, Patrick Mahomes. Right. But then, like, now you've locked into the season and the team probably not letting you take a Wednesday off to go record a commercial for, like, the Appliance Center in Kansas City. So, shout out to him. He gambled on himself, I think, in that way, right, in the minor sense, and has won hugely. And now, you know, he is 26 years old. He's got this gigantic contract. 
And the wild thing is, let's say he plays out all 10 years, right? So they never rip it up. Say he proves to be worth every dollar that they spent. Team still does okay despite it. Yeah, maybe they win another Super Bowl. Maybe not. Who knows? Um, but he gets in the contract. He's 36. Yeah. And considering, like, the contracts that, you know, Breeze got and Aaron Rodgers got, a couple other guys got, if he's still playing at a high level, he might cash out a second time, which is just crazy to think about. Yeah. Now, do you think by the time that contract ends, he'll pull a Brady and play till he, like, 42? Mm, I mean, we're going to have to see, right? Because the thing about him is he doesn't run a whole lot, but, like, he can. So yeah. his body's not at, like, super risk. And one thing about Andy Reid is he protects his quarterbacks. That he does. That he does. And he also gives them a lot of creative license, basically. That's how I'll phrase it. But um, if his body holds up, right? Not, in, I mean, he's somewhere between the way Tom Brady's body's held up and the way Cam Newton's body's held up, right? Because Cam Newton's just been beating the hell up because he's like, they run the running game around him too, or they did in Carolina. And mm-hmm. Tom Brady obviously never had to really worry much about running. So yeah. as long as as long as long he's protected um, and he wants to play, I can see him sticking through it. But hey, shout out to Kansas City. They went a really long time without winning – any games with the quarterback they drafted. And they seem to have, like, struck the gold of all gold with this one. Yeah. So They struck gold, Pat making all the gold. It's, 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 it's a lot of yellow bricks in Kansas City, I'm just saying. Yes, indeed. Speaking of a team that cannot seem to strike gold to save their fucking lives, uh, the Washington Racial Slurs are looking to change their name. Now, you want to – speaking of performative – well, yes and no, because here's the thing. Like, them changing their name, people have been fighting for that for decades. Yeah. Like, lots Specifically of indigenous people. Mm-hmm. We, we've only been hearing about it recently, but people have been fighting for this for a long time. Yeah. And up till this point, up till this specific point in our nation's sort of cultural zeitgeist, it was one of those things they were always able to sort of blow off and say, Oh, well, you know, not enough people care, not enough, you know, whatever. But now, now that, now that indigenous people are like being brought back into like what it, what the struggle means by name, right? Because before you just said minorities and it just kind of got swept up, they kind of got lost in the sauce with that. Now you say, you know, BIPOC, black indigenous people of color, and it, Refoists them up into the appropriate place, being that this is the stolen land of theirs that we're all on. Right. And it gets people talking about, oh, shoot, should we? And so the, <laughs> so now that the owner of FedEx, who is a minority owner of the racial slurs, also has spoken up and said, hey, we're going to hit you in the pockets if you don't fix this. And Nike pulled all of their merchandise off the shelves. I said, we're going to let this hit you in the pockets if you don't take care of this. Yeah. And ain't that sad that that's ultimately more often than not that that's what that is what gets changed to happen, like hit them in the pockets and shit? Yeah, well, money talks, and that's... That's a result. That's a direct result of capitalism. Mm-hmm. And 
we we obviously all hate that it has to be that way in particular because it's like why can't we just do the right thing because it's the right thing to do right. instead of having to couch it in hey you got dollars and bills at stake if you don't fix this I'm gonna be slightly more optimistic and say it's about fucking time that something gets done about this because this is way overdue. Indigenous people yeah. have deserved our respect, you know, for way longer than this. And when I say our, I mean collective, right? I think black people, like I think we relate best to the struggles of the indigenous folks because they um, you know, stolen labor, stolen land, right? And insofar yeah. as of their people. Yeah, exactly. And insofar as any reasonable power to affect legislative influence and so forth, black people ain't really have really held that much. And so, you know, shout out to both communities for coming together and in light of in light of the pandemic. Uh, the George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery stuff all hitting the news at the same time. And people have nothing to do. They have nothing to do but listen. So now, historically marginalized people are being listened to. And not only are the racial slurs looking at changing their name, but like the Cleveland baseball team is looking at changing their name as well. And best I can tell, no one was really, like, people have been on it next, right? There's been protests to get them to change their name for a long time. They took the mascot out of the rotation. They replaced it with just a generic block C. But they're looking at, hey, maybe we should change our name also. And the Braves have been mentioned as one who needs to probably do the same thing, getting the Tomahawk out of there, which I was today years old when I learned that that's not a thing that Braves fans have been doing for a long time. That was Deion Sanders' right product. He brought that to Braves fandom. Um, hmm. I also yeah. was I was I, I also was today's years old when I learned that. Actually, I was right now years old when I learned. That. <laughs> I, I learned it a few hours before, but no, uh, they're looking at changing, or well, they it's been speculated that they could be looking at changing. Um, the Chiefs, it appears, might want to do some exploration, if only because like the name Chiefs in and of itself isn't isn't offensive, right? It's, it's Chiefs, but. They have the Arrowhead logo on the helmet. The stadium is also called Arrowhead. And this is one of those give an inch, take a mile kind of situations, right? Where it's like, Chiefs can mean anything. But then you see dudes wearing like headdresses and shit, tailgating at yeah. the games. And it's like, yeah, it could mean anything, but look at what you're doing with it. So, right, right. It's one of, you get a little too comfortable. Yeah. If, if, if nothing else, you. <laughs> You pull that because of the the because of the specific intonation um, that Chiefs conjures, the specific thing that you that you picture and you say the word Chiefs. I mean, we say you know colloquially, too many Chiefs, not enough Indians, right? That kind of thing when we're talking about too many people trying to have a hand in leadership, not enough people just willing to be led. And it's like uh, maybe that's not a great way to phrase that question mark. So yeah. It's worth revisiting. It's worth take. It's worth reevaluating. Yeah, I mean, they could because again, they could they could pull all the imagery, and it wouldn't change much because the word in the Westernized cultural zeitgeist just it just means this thing that's very close to this horrible misappropriation of native imagery. Mm-hmm. 
So the hope is, yes, we do write by people, right? People are not mascots. People have cherished histories and sacred appearance-based things that when people take them and make them about sports, just kind of reduces it to folly. And even if you think, oh, well, this is this is a way of being respectful. It's like your respect could often can and often is be interpreted as disrespect. Yeah, that if and also the, the the people you think you're respecting are saying, no, you're not. Right. We don't right. we don't feel very respectful about this. Please stop. Right. Please stop. Just because you think it's respectful doesn't mean it is. Uh, while we're here, though, before we move on, it. I'm not even going to say if, I'm going to say when, because at this point, it is, it is inevitable. When they change the name of the racial slurs, what do you think it's going to be? Or what do you think it should be? I actually, uh, let me see, one second. Wait, did you actually write a name down? I did. <laughs> I, well, so, I'm dying to hear this. So, no, it, it's, it's, it's not as bad, nearly as bad as you think, probably. But I, I propose Washington Terriers. Hmm. That honestly, that's not bad. I think that fits. Washington Terriers. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I mean, your imagery, you go more um you go more Manchester Terrier than like border, right? So because I mean the first thing you see when you see terriers, you know, you picture kind of the sort of small headed kind of cute dogs, right? But if you want to put some stank on it, again, the Manchester Terrier, I think, is going to be like your one because it's kind of got the Greyhoundish look, right? It, uh, and I mean, Greyhounds would even, well, I think with Greyhounds, you'd have to change the team colors. Yeah, yeah. You, you would have to go like maroon and gray almost or, I mean, gray which, is going Which I like the racial slurs colors, just, of course, not the name. And my problem, see, and that that is, it's one of those things that's kind of hard for me to separate, right? Because I think when when you when you hear the color maroon, and you think of the unfair treatment that Native folks have suffered, right? And so, to some of the imagery that, even, I mean, again, we're talking about in that area, you're talking about Potomac Indian uh, Native folks. They were like they got four seasons, you know. They weren't like the, the sort of southwestern, southeastern native folks who would have been more sun exposed and thus would have had, you know, darker skin or what have you. But I I feel like just mimetically, right? Like and mimetic being opposed to genetic. Mimetics is what happens in culture that sticks with us over time. But mimetically seeing that logo and that 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 slick black hair with the two feathers and the face that you know is meant to conjure like this is a native person i think for that purpose the 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 color has like at least the maroon has to go right and the problem is if the maroon goes the whole color scheme's got to get scrapped because that it was based around the maroon mm-hmm. and that that remaining yellow like every other color accounts for it. You got black with the Steelers. You got, you know, red with the with Kansas City. You got, I mean, orange and yellow just look stupid together. Uh, you got green and yellow, that's Green Bay. Blue and yellow, you look at the Rams. Purple and yellow, Vikings. So like that color is spoken for all the way through pretty much. And so- That's a good point. 
So what then happens next is you say, oh, well, what about red, white, and blue? Like the, the other Washington sports teams wear that. You know, the Capitals wear it in hockey, the Nationals wear it in baseball, yeah. the, the Wizards wear it in basketball. Here's the problem. You got too many red, white, and blue teams in the NFL already. Right. They left the Texans in. If they had not made the Texans wear red, white, and blue, there would have been an opening for that. But you got the Texans, the Bills, the Patriots, uh, the Giants. Right? Yeah. And it's like we we don't need a fifth red, white, and blue team. Don't. Basketball is the same problem. The Pistons, the 76ers, the Clippers, uh, the fucking um, – Hell, the Pelicans have incorporated red and blue into their jerseys. The yeah. Nets, because they got like different, like they got a red, white, and blue jersey. Red, they white, throwback, blue, yeah. Jersey. They got exactly that's the, that's the eighties throwback. Mm-hmm. Um, it's too many. <laughs> yeah, it's such a go-to color for so many teams. And really, all you're left with, like, if you really want to stretch the gum a little bit, is to go green and metallic gold. Uh, you could see if you went red and silver, the Falcons would never be able to go back to that again. And I mean, blue and black Carolina's got that one already, unless you went like with the darker blue, but then darker blue would then you want to go gray and that's Cowboys. So yeah. gold and black is the Saints. So like you can't, Saints. Go that route, can't go that route. You know, blue and orange is the Broncos, but I think that. The Broncos don't want to go back to that orange as their base color, right? Just use blue as an accent. Yeah. So I think there's space to do a uh, Oklahoma City Thunder style with the like the the heavy blue is the lead and then like the orange sort of the trim. Orange, yeah. Uh, there's orange and green is available, like the University of Miami. Is purple because like the Suns, right? Orange and purple is that available in the NFL? I think. I think because the the Vikings is purple and uh, yellow. Oh yeah, and then so purple and yeah, purple and orange could work because the only thing the, I think the only team in sports that does that is the Suns. The Suns and then like Clemson does it, but like oh yeah, yeah Clemson. But that's college, so I mean, who cares? Well, not who cares, <laughs> what I what I mean is like as far as like the difference between pro and college is like you you lose the well damn they came in with the same fucking. Color scheme. Yeah. Like nobody like if they if they do choose to do that, nobody's gonna be like, oh, y'all jacking Clemson style, as opposed to like if they came in with like a red, blue, and white, they would people would be like, Oh, y'all jacking like three other teams that have the same color scheme style, you know? Yep, and I just actually searched it. It's, it's Clemson and the Suns. So opening. Boom. Get on it, Washington. Come out, go purple and orange. Uh, please don't. I mean, if you're gonna do that, like the Cougars opens up, but then you run into conflicts with the Washington State Cougars, um, the Cheetahs maybe. But then you got Chester Cheetah with the Cheetos franchise, so who knows? There, there, there's, there's room to explore. This is what I'm trying to say here. Right. Um, and I, I, fuck, I kind of wish the Tennessee team was the Titans because the Titans with this color scheme would be fucking tremendous. But they're busy wearing three different blues and red. Anyway. Um, Looking like a fucking kaleidoscope. That's not our business. <laughs> Anywho, that was a lot about colors and color schemes. Um, one thing about me to know is that I am actually a bit of a color nerd. I follow multiple color palette schemes on Twitter. I follow the Pantone colors thing that drops a color every six hours. I just, 
like color science is fascinating to me um, in ways that I didn't immediately realize, but now that I know it about myself, I can't get away from it. So, fun facts about Bianca, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, purple and red's also available, but I don't know about that one. Purple, uh, purple and red kind of. I, it's got to be the right shade to pull that off, in my opinion. Yeah, you, you had the you had the New Orleans Voodoo uh, Arena League team that did it, and they did it kind of good, actually. They went purple heavy, red was a trim color, and then they did plenty of like gold and black with it. So it, it can be done. I've seen it done well, and again, that's Arena League that usually looks terrible, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I tried like watching arena football and i did enjoy it for a time but it wasn't even like it wasn't the nfl that made me like not kind of watch it it was that like for the most part most of the team's unions was just so fucking ugly it's weird yeah right because i mean i like the game like i actually thought it was pretty fun like some shit like i i I could play that you know what i'm saying but like yeah why y'all shit gotta be so ugly (laughs) <laughs> like, oh, it's a couple of their games. They, they were fun. Yeah, uh, like purple and red is also the the Diamondbacks. I just I just remember that they the thing in baseball is your, your colors don't matter so much. They wear white, gray, and like I was about to say it don't matter black too, like too one color. Much. Yeah, yeah, not like too much. Baseball, yeah, they, they they all the teams wear the same colors in baseball. When you really go back and look, but yeah, not too much drip. That's the that's the that's the base that's baseball slogan. Not too much drip. <laughs> All right, let's move on uh, yes. because we got more to talk about. And speaking of speaking of drip, let's say speaking of drip because I was going speaking of things that don't have any segue means. But thank you for finding that. Colin Kaepernick has inked a deal with Disney to tell the story of everything he's gone through over the past three plus years. Uh, Jeremy, I believe you got the article on this. You want to take the lead on this and go right ahead? Yes, I do. Thank you, B. Um. The deal between Colin Kaepernick's production team, production arm on Raw Vision Media and Disney was announced on Monday. The partnership will focus on telling the stories of what he has gone through over the years, as Bianca said, um, as he um, as he shares his goal towards um, uh, social ju- social justice, equality. Um, race relations and other things. It would also provide a platform to showcase the work of minority directors and producers. Um, quote from Colin, um, quote, I am excited to announce this historic partnership with Disney across all of its platforms to elevate black and brown directors, creators, storytellers, and producers, and inspire the youth with compelling and authentic perspectives. I look forward to sharing the docu-series on my life story in addition to many other cultural impactful projects we are developing um i am excited for this yeah i'm different because you know a lot of people over the years uh, was is since 2016 since this all went down like some people colin hasn't really like spoke to us spoke to us you know what i'm saying like we like everybody has been talking about about him and talking on him but we haven't heard him speaking too too much like the last thing we heard really heard from Colin was like how the NFL tried to play him with that impromptu ass quote unquote tryout and shit you know what I'm saying that quote unquote um, show 
we work out, but we're not going to tell you. We're not going to give you any of your receivers. We're not going to give you anything. We're not even going to let you film this shit. But just in case you suck, we can cover our asses and say, well, hey, this is why he's not in the league. He can't even play. Like, that's the last time we heard Colin, like, really speak. And that was the last time and the first time in a while. I think the last uh, – but prior to that, I think I heard Colin speak on maybe some award show. Maybe it was the BET Awards. It was something that I heard him speak on. Maybe the SPs, I can't remember, but Colin ain't really spoke to us that much. So to get inside perspective on what he was going through, what all happened to him, and to share these other stories and, and uh, prop up black and POC directors, content creators, producers to like tell our stories, you know, in this day and age, and especially to like, Get the youth on game. Get the get the youth on game early. I love it. Cause let me tell you something. People can talk shit about these kids all they want. Generation Z don't give a fuck. <laughs> they don't, Generation Z don't give a fuck about your goddamn statue. They don't give a fuck about your police. They don't give a fuck about your goddamn windows. They don't give a shit. They like give me give me equality and respect now. I want it now. So I'm excited for this. Yeah, no, and I, and I think it's good that we haven't heard much from him over the course of the three years because what that has done is that has given him ample opportunity to basically say, when I'm ready to speak, you're going to get it all in one shot on my terms. And I think the most we had heard him say really up to this point was his speech after the workout. Mm-hmm. You know, when he addressed the league, he addressed the owners, he said, hey, you know, like, the work's on film. You can see I still got the arm. You can see I've been in shape. I've been training. Everything is still all systems go with me. Just waiting on y'all. And again, the, the optics on that were suboptimal because this was like a late season tryout and teams that kind of already had that quarterback room established, but it gave them something to think about here coming forward. And then the world goes to shit. And then the world goes to shit a second time. And it's just like, yeah, remember Colin Kaepernick? Um, in the midst of all of this, maybe you want to treat that guy fairly because now everything's exposed. Everything is, you know, we're all just like, we're seeing things as they are. We're seeing, we're seeing people in their finished forms, right? Do very, we watched a whole NFL draft where like they just did it digitally. We watched... Well, the MLB draft usually kind of goes like that anyway. It's not really like big stage or anything. But like when NBA and NHL resume, uh, when they have their drafts, it's going to be the same thing. And in the normal times, that would have been already, but they keep on digging their heels and thinking they won't have a season. Oh, child. Yeah. And um, you know, it's not looking good. But um, yeah, the, the, the notion that he – has had to speak in order to get his points across is like it misses the point of why his movement was silent in the first place and how he was really close to never having to speak to it in the first place and how once he did everything immediately went to shit right right with this that there there will be like basically he's leaving no no time, right? No, hey, here's a little poll quote from me. 
that addresses these things in some minor way and then letting them run with it and making their own narrative. Right, right now, he's controlling the narrative. He's in 100% controlling his narrative. And I think, like, it's a shitty analog, but it's an analog I'm going to go for all the same. Remember when Terrell Owens wouldn't shut up and everybody was like, yo, just, just shut up. Like, everything will work out. Just, 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 like, we don't need to know everything that you're thinking about. We know, like, we get it. You feel aggrieved. You feel like such such team didn't do this. You feel like this quarterback didn't look your way enough. Blah, blah, blah. Like, we get it. But, like, the more you say now, the more they're going to run with what you say right after. Yeah. So if you give them nothing until visual evidence is, like, right there to where no one can misconstrue and no one can take a point that you've made and turn it into something that you're not trying to say, if you don't have that at your disposal, the more you talk, the more your own message gets lost. And so Colin Kaepernick taking it this way and saying, if I talk, they'll just, they'll just lose my message. So how about I just not say anything and get the work done? And if they want to argue with the work, they can be my guests, but they're going to look like dummies if they argue with the work because... Because they, they've been looking like dummies while arguing why he hasn't said anything and run with their own narrative. Exactly. And so now it's, hey, look, there's been, there's been three years behind the scenes. Let me show y'all what's been going on. Let me show y'all what, what's been, what I've been doing. I feel like three years is long enough. Um, this will be sort of the shot to show either he's going to get a shot to play or he never will again. It's because of age considerations and then like more time out of the game considerations. But now at this point, we will be able to say, hey, there's a clear guilty party here. It's not me. Indeed. Always has, always will. And, you know, hey, Colin continuing to do the work um, that so many of his detractors said that he wasn't and that, you know, he was just, you know, a distraction and, you know, all of the, let's just call it Frank, all of the stupid and racist things people were saying, just continuing to prove them wrong. You love to see it. Uh, Indeed. Speaking and of stupid and racist. Uh, things we don't love to see. Right. Uh, the WNBA is in a bit of a kerfuffle, um, if you will. Um, because they have had enough of Kelly um, Lofier. Um, if you do not know who that is, that is the co-owner of the Atlanta Dream WNBA team. Um, and this is why they are fed up with her. Uh, because... She, after going on Fox News, which honestly, that tells you all you need to know right fucking there, she called the Black Lives Matter protesters um, um, hateful, uh, misguided. Uh, she does not like it. Uh, she, you know, is the typical, you know, if you want change, you know, go to the poll or, you know, peaceful protest, da 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 and also, she is not for the WNBA's initiatives to um, promote social change. Um, several of the, the WNBA teams were going to wear jer- uh, jerseys and memorabilia um, honoring the lives of those who have been um, harmed by police brutality and violence and state violence. And uh, Miss Kelly Hill was like, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. And when she said that I don't like that, the WN, the WNBA Players Association was like, well, girl, we don't like you. 
Yeah. And so they called on Commissioner Kathy Engelbrecht to remove Kelly Lofia as co-owner of the Atlanta Dream um, after all of her um, alt-right, all-lives-matter bullshit. So, yeah. And their statement was, WNBA is based on a principle of equal and fair treatment of all people. And we, along with teams and players, will continue to use our platforms to vigorously advocate for social justice. Senator Kelly Loeffler, whatever the fuck, has now served as the governor of the Atlanta Dream since October of 2019 and is no longer involved in the day-to-day business of the team. So, boom, she is up out of here. Uh, I think she um, she has something to do with the team. And they're like, no, the next step is she's got a, she's got a GTFO, basically. And all manners of WWE players. Renee Montgomery, who is on Atlanta Dream, was like, I was already going to set out the season anyway, and assholes like you are why I think I'm going to set out for the long term, because this is what people like Maya Moore are fighting for. You know, we're looking yeah. for Shout out to Maya fucking Moore. Right. One of the, one of the coldest ball players ever. Like, ever. Ever that I have ever seen in my life. And she's like, basketball, nah, I'll get to that. I got time to do that. But yeah, these I got people, time. They, these people need justice today. Yes, we so love to see it. Peace. Um, Candace Parker has commented, objecting to her presence. Uh, Brianna Stewart. Skylar Diggins. Skylar Diggins. Sue Bird has spoken out against her. Like, Natasha Cloud. All of the players who we would expect to hear from, and even some who, you know, I don't want to say surprised to hear from, but I'm pleased to hear from, is how I'll frame that. Yeah. Uh, I've also spoken out against her presence in the WNBA because the thing about the WNBA is first half of its existence, there was, there was some objection, I guess, or some keeping behind the curtain to the fact that, like, you know, their players – might have otherwise wanted to be out in lesbian. Uh, Sue Bird was on ESPN Daily talking about that recently. And just like, hey, yeah, the league moved forward. Like, we were able to, you know, present as we wanted, live as we wanted, so on and so forth. And ever since then, the league has really stepped in with both legs into the goodness that is social justice and doing the right thing and protesting for equality, justice, and so forth. So good on them for getting this all worked out in that way and giving the players a voice. And also, we talked about this back in January when they upped the CBA for the players to get them paid better, get them better travel accommodations, et cetera. And now here we are again, we're at a standstill. Things need to, you know, there are wrongs that need to be righted. And the WNBA players are like, yo, like, fix this. Right. So don't get, don't don't wait till tomorrow to give me my 40 acres and you give it to me right fucking now. Give it to me today. So yeah, they, they want her up out of this bitch. And I can't say I blame them. Look at the material. Yeah. When hey, that's what you, that's what you get for being that's what you get for being racist and a bigot. Yeah. Also, get those players' accommodations together. 
y'all trying to yes. Talk yes. Like we we just agreed to treat these players better, and the first thing we see out of that is just look what what fucking looks like Joe's apartment. Listen, this has been a problem. The lost Bianca, I hate you. This has been a long-standing problem for a while. There's no reason that profession professional athletes, professional athletes that can wipe the floor with any naysayer that um thinks that the WNBA isn't good because of because of it because it's women. There's no reason those women should be making making the money that they do, even though that's not enough. And living like fucking college students. There's no excuse for that shit. Yeah. I whew. like I hope the fact that that got publicly exposed, right? Will get the league to act right. And also one one more thing, one separate thing. I really wish that the misogynistic men who just can't fucking fathom the fact that women's pro sports exist would just shut the fuck up. Like, y'all never have shit useful to contribute to a conversation. Oh, well, you know, make as much money as the men because they're not as much. Like, no. Like, what? They are being asked to do a job and live in a situation to make the performance of that job, like, optimal given the circumstances. How much money they make, how you feel about women's sports. They don't have shit to do with none of it. Not a damn thing. If if you, misogynistic man, were working on an oil derrick out in, you know, out in the fields and you had to do 14 days on, 14 days off. I know people who've done this job, by the way. You would want those accommodations to not be slummy, right? They don't have to be ritzy, they don't have to be like creme de la creme. But you can't just give them any old fucking thing. Right. And you wouldn't tolerate that in, in your line of work. If, if, if you were, you know, an investment banker and they were like, hey, we need you to go and, like, represent us for a week out in New York City while we try to get these, these contracts agreed to and these business deals, you know, finalized – you would feel like shit if they put you up in a rundown shack. You would feel like, I don't think they really care how well I do this job at this point. You would yeah. want them to put you up in decent to good accommodations. You don't want, you wouldn't just take any old thing. So you wouldn't just, take them putting you in the fucking Motel 6. Right. So. Stop being misogynistic assholes and shut the hell up. Right, it's always well, niggas that got legs like Meek Mill talking shit about the WNBA. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah. Stop so, skipping leg day and get you some damn business. Yeah. So, yeah, let's get Kelly Loeffler the fuck up out of here and let's get these players some better accommodations. Let's, uh, let's take a quick little break, a quick little siesta, pause for a quick cause. We're going to come right back, do a couple more topics, take another break, come right back and do HBC sessions. Hey, this is Bree of Mama Meets World. Every two weeks, my show is live. It's a safe and special place for Black mothers and the people who love us. So for more about the Black Motherhood experience, make sure you subscribe to my show. I'm sure you'll love it. All right. The Crowd and College Show is back. 
Shout out to Bree. Shout out to Mama Meets World. Uh, please check that show out. Subscribe. Give her five stars. If you would give us five stars, give her five stars. Anyway, we're back at it. And we were very sports heavy there, which is why I felt like we should put in a little miniature break. As opposed to doing all the commercials at one shot, if you are not new to this com- uh, podcast, you know that's how we usually operate. Indeed. So let's talk about 21 Savage and his youth financial literacy program. Mr. Savages of the 21 variety. That is, our, he, he has a great stage name, by the way. Our, our great British friend. Yes, yes. I really like his stage name. 21 Savage, that, that is a nice, because it's, 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 it's a good name for a rapper, in my opinion. And it's also a name that isn't like, how do I say this? It's, it's, it's a very memeable name, but in a good way. So I, <laughs> and you know me, I, I can't leave well enough alone. And so in consecutive tabs, I have opened 22 Savage, <laughs> 23 Savage, <laughs> and 24 Savage. Because these people all exist apparently. Twenty-four oh, Savage. Twenty-four Savage has a song called "I'm Soft." Anime. Wait, Gun. what? Yeah. Twenty-two Savage has a song called "Ain't No 21. Twenty-three <laughs> Savage has a song called "Ain't No 22. Damn! So all these niggas dissing each other. <laughs> I really don't know what's going on with the Savage gentlemen. Yeah, what is going on in the Savage community? Why is there so much strife? Strife and savagery, goddamn. Anyway, that possible show title. Um, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Twenty One Savage, the Red Ops rapper, is starting a youth financial literacy program. Hit him with the details. The Grammy-winning rapper announced his new bank account at Home Nationwide Innovation in- Initiative on Wednesday. His efforts will include a partnership with Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. Park it right here real quick. <clears throat> Park it right here. I promise we're going to get back to 21 Savage. But because as the day we're recording this, uh, Miss Keisha Lance Bottoms let it be known that uh, Rona has hit home, that uh, her and her family have tested positive after showing no symptoms. Oof. Uh, let me just say this here. If you've listened to this podcast for any length amount of time, um, especially over recently, you will know that I am not a very big Keisha Lance Bottoms fan. Um, Mama, I'm just going to say it and you can feel how you feel about it. Mama has honestly been an agent of white supremacist since she got elected. Um, Mama said niggas need to show up to the polls if they want to uh, incite change. And niggas showed up to the poll for her because they had to choose between her and a racist white lady. And if you didn't know that the white lady was racist and just looked at the state of Atlanta since Keisha has been mayor, uh, you would think that the white lady won. So um, I've not been the biggest fan of Keisha. Um, over the weekend here, there was a shooting in uh, in Atlanta, in Ellenwood, uh, Edgewood, Edgewood, 
uh, where I say, he's got guns in Ella now. Dare you? <laughs> it's been a while since you've been here, friend. <laughs> um, there was a shooting. Um, multiple people were injured. Um, some, multiple people were killed, including, I believe, two eight-year-old um, children. If I'm not mistaken, um, if I misremembering the details on please blame it on my head not my heart um and miss keisha used that um and others she used that as an opportunity to bring up black on black crime and and increase the police um something that she has been doing since she got elected um I'm not saying Rona is karma. I'm not saying that I know some people feel that way and I'm not here to tell them how to feel about Miss Keisha all I'm going to say is I thought that was very disgusting to use that situation um, to bring up black on black crime again um, and yeah, use those families' I'm, pain to um, your continued uh, pro-police rhetoric, Miss Keisha. I thought that was very disgusting. Yeah, I'm tired of everybody who's doing it at this point. Um, yes. It's, yeah. it's been families doing it. It's, it's been mayors doing it. It's like, come on, y'all. We... We've been putting y'all on game regarding this for like a decade straight. Um, and you're not getting it at this point is a you problem. It's not, it's not on us. So please get your shit together. Correct. But anyway, shit together. 21 Savage, financial literacy. Uh, he has been a part of a program called Bank Account. And what it does is it gives the youth uh, career counseling, job training, career day, shadow and stuff like that, job placement at sports facilities. This is work that, by the way, used to be used for like fundraiser purposes um, in some part. Mm -hmm. uh, well, like, hey, you need to do a fundraiser for your scout troop. You can operate a concession stand at the Georgia Dome or whatever. But this program is is taking some of that and actually piloting it into like people who don't even have the opportunity to be a part of something that needs fundraiser, which is great. And right. And it's also keeping with the times and the technology. Yeah, and the the stadiums have all been closed, obviously, since coronavirus hit. And it was like, okay, shit, what do we do now? What do we do now? And so an app called Chime is going to make the program go virtual. So now it's bank account at home instead of just bank account. And so they're all going to get stipends, right? They are going to continue to be able to learn the various job training stuff and the various career counseling things and so forth, you know, resume writing and how to do interviews, all that stuff. It all goes into it. And so shout out to him because programs, programs that have existed for a long time. And I think what happened sort of in the mid 2000s into like the early 2010s is this is where the effects of the recession really hit hard uh, without much financial optimism for young folks who would normally have, you know, their little 40 hours a week and then time to volunteer, like coaching the basketball team or teaching an outreach course or doing an after school thing or whatever for kids. Um, my generation was the first one where like if they had work, they were trying to cling on to that shit as hard as they could. And if they didn't have work, they didn't have money. So they were going to get like still couple part-time things, stringing them together, trying to make ends meet. And 
and you lost that community sense of, oh damn, like I'm so-and-so and I got the time to do this for the community, so I'm just gonna do it. Wasn't all the way lost, it was just impacted. And so programs like this that are very intentional, very focused, and have the financial backing of someone who's had the success like 21 Savage has had, gives these kids something to look forward to, gives them you know, reasons for hope. And in many cases, could serve as the, it's, it's, I like to call it like the little kick in the ass that some kids need, right? Like they are smart kids. They don't have access to the most opportunities in the world, but if you just gave them some sort of access, they could really crush it. Indeed. But without that access, without access to, you know, some, some basic needs or some extracurricular that focuses on something they're good at, you know, we see this with the arts programs getting cut. We see this with the, the after-school care programs getting cut. So for 21 Savage to invest in this way is really thoughtful. And as a program I didn't know about, and I'm, I'm kind of ashamed of myself that I didn't know about it. But right. big time shout out to him because he is going to provide them with tablets and Wi-Fi. Uh, the students in Zone 6 where he grew up. And you know niggas love Wi-Fi. Niggas need Wi-Fi, I think, more so in this case. Hell yeah. Because, I mean, you know, Comcast is doing the the reduced price home internet for people to continue. That's still high shit, but that's a whole nother tangent. Don't get me started. Yeah. Like, they they, they didn't roll out the $10 internet program to nearly enough homes because a lot of them were impacted and could have really used that to get their distance learning on. But 21 Savage, again, stepping in, filling the gap. Boom. His tablets, his Wi-Fi, he's got the app on it. You know, you can do your other learning on it, whatever. But also just technology access. Huge. Especially nowadays where technology is a requirement. When I was growing up, like if you didn't have it, maybe someone in school did. And maybe that was a friend you had. And maybe you got to see how to connect the computer to the internet or something. You could get by. You get by, yeah. And if you didn't, whatever, you wouldn't play it outside. Right. Um, now, shit. Yeah, now, like, there are so, 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 so many families that are just so hopelessly behind the eight ball from the moment they realized that there was a pregnancy, planned or not. And so programs like these need to exist and they need to come from people who have resources and who see greater public benefit for these kids who don't deserve to be as far behind the eight ball as they are. Yeah, this is what redistribution of wealth and resources look like. Yes. Because 21, not the richest rapper out there, but he's doing what he can to make a difference. Right. So, yeah. And let's just say that there are, there are artists, not even rappers, just artists with more resources and wealth than him that could stand to do more, a hell of a lot more. Mm-hmm. So good on Mr. Savage. Good on you, sir. Um, don't really have a segue to how we're going to get to this next topic. Yeah, so, I would just let, let's just talk about this. Ain't no damn segue. <laughs> yeah. So on Monday, in a nine to zero vote in the Supreme Court, they passed a law that basically says that faithless electors not aren't a thing anymore, but 
if your state has a rule that says you have to vote in the manner that your constituents pick in the general like popular vote you if they put a if they put a rule in place you have to follow it basically and the reason for that we were actually laughing about this uh in the pregame was because in 2016 there were multiple faithless electors and let's see let me get you the exact number there were 10. Uh, seven of them had their votes validated three didn't the one in colorado who was supposed to go to clinton and kane basically said all right for president i'm going john Kasich," and they didn't even give him time to say who his vice president was going to be and he is no longer an elector um and the reason a rule like this is important is again it doesn't say that the that that the Supreme Court has now mandated states to pass rules and laws that require electoral vote casters to cast in accordance to what their state dictates. Uh, Nebraska and Maine are two states that I know do it by district. There's a couple others if I remember right, but what the rule basically says is if your state has this rule in place or if they put this rule in place it's up to you to follow it right once you name names put it on the playground exactly um it doesn't it doesn't say it doesn't tell the electors how they have to vote right that's there's a step between there the step between there is the the Supreme Court. So so here's what happened. So that fellow I mentioned in Colorado, who was supposed to pledge his vote to Hillary Clinton and Tim Kaine, who got cut off before he could even say who, who the vice president was that he was going to go up for, uh, he actually sued. Uh, he and two other electors uh, sued the district uh, Colorado's district court. And it was dismissed. They filed an appeal. There were arguments heard. And then a three-judge panel ruled in favor of the electors, which said, hey, we should be able to do what we want. There was no rule on record, so on and so forth. Not long after that, the state of Colorado itself appealed to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court granted basically Um, that states may require an elected to vote for the candidate to which they have pledged. So this this isn't this isn't a way that like people are gonna steal votes to Kanye West or Harambe or Barney or whoever the fuck y'all think people are gonna have their votes stolen to slash for slash against. Oh God, kill me now. <laughs> Right. Just kill me now. What it what it means is if you are a Democratic elector and the state in which you elect the president, you know, you, you cast that electoral vote and the state in which you do that says if the people say you go for this person, you go for this person. If the people say you go for that person, you go for that person. Yep. And so keep your word ruling basically. Exactly. 
keep your word. You pledge to vote for this person, vote for this person. Uh, there are still states that have provisions that say you don't have to do it. You can do whatever you want. But if those states change their mind and say, hey, no, do what the constituents say, do what the people who vote in your state say, in our, you know, they would be saying in our state, right? Because it's, you know, in the state of Tennessee or the state of Minnesota or wherever um, that has electors would just say straight up, like, no, um, you, you don't get to cast your vote for Elizabeth Warren, despite the fact that Joe Biden won the state. You don't get to do that. If your state says you can do what you want, man, do what you want. You're staying out of that. If the state puts a rule in place, you kind of got to follow it. Exactly. Uh, now, do you think this is one step towards doing something about the Electoral College, like as a whole? I don't think this moves the needle much in either direction, to be honest. Um, mm. There's a growing call to get rid of the Electoral College. And I understand it, ultimately. It, it, it should be just like with, you know, you vote for mayor, you got the most votes, you win. Or you vote for a school board member, you got the most votes, you win. The thing about the nationwide election, and this, this goes really, tapping back to the 19th century, really, for like the meaningfulness of it. You know, back then, when things were not as digital as they are now, right? If you wanted to win, you would go to Chicago, Philadelphia, New York, and Boston. And if you won those four cities, you won the whole shebang. Now, I mean, we got, you look at a map, right? And you look at a map of how the 2016 election went county by county, or if you're in Louisiana, Paris for Paris, you look at that and it is a sea of red. You look at 08, the year Obama won the first time. It's the same. Yeah. Like it it is it is this is not a nation that is blue dominant anymore. We don't have blue states as the crow flies. They're blue cities. Right. And so I look at the state of Oregon where I live currently, for example. And the county I live in, Multnomah County, where the city of Portland is, by square footage, it's the smallest county by far. Has the most people, doesn't need to be so big um, because everyone wants to live in Portland and want to do the, the suburb thing. But there was a time people wanted to do the suburb thing. So like the nearby surrounding counties have sort of the suburban slash melded into the greater core of the city sort of thing going on. But your first wave of people out of inner cities into the suburbs were like, no matter where you were in the country, they were richer, more conservative people. They had the means to go out to establish like these big land plots, these big homes out in the burbs. You know the story. And then once you got past them, you got to the sticks. Then you were talking about the countryside. And that was very rural and very inclined to go conservative. And so right. the so you had the city vote that went from, you know, the city and then the suburbs and the sticks to like the city and then suburb sticks is kind of all count as one. And so now, um, so then they say, you know, the electoral college is in place. And again, I live in a state that like this city and those surrounding suburbs which have since become more liberal as like job is going that way. And 
people who are sort of dual income, no plans to have kids, um, go that way, and they just want the, or people who dual income but want kids and want to raise the kids in like suburban school districts, they all have means of still voting, still being heard in a metro area sense. But when you leave the Portland metro area, it gets pretty fucking red. The problem is there's nobody there. And in the case of Oregon, a lot of places nobody there because there's mountains, there's rivers, there's yeah, you know, a lot of some geographical water. boundaries. Mm-hmm. There's this nature's just in the way, basically. Yeah. Um, but you get to you get to a place like Louisiana, right, or Mississippi. Let's use Mississippi as an example. Mississippi has Jackson, right, and in Jackson you can count on. An increased percentage of people who are liberal, uh, you know, a lot of black population that would have you. But when you leave Jackson, you're a Mississippi fan. And like yeah. everything else, like this goes down to like their decision to change their state flag and everything. Um, well, not changing in the past and, you know, not doing it. But white people in the South will vote and they don't have. Uh, mountains and dormant lava fields and all that type of shit to contend against. They're just out there, you know, in populations of somewhere between three and 12,000 all over the state to constitute millions. And that brand of white person, thanks to the Southern strategy, thanks to the, you know, Dixiecrats who went Republican, thanks to Richard Nixon, thanks to uh, Rockefeller, thanks to uh, you know even FDR's New Deal. If you want to go back to the '30s, not only are those people very civically engaged, but they're going to vote against the liberal slash progressive slash leftist interests, and they're going to do so at such high numbers because these ain't people who got much, and they feel like their votes what they got, right? And so they will vote for the aesthetics of whiteness over the progression of the country and then live that shit. Right. Even at the cost of themselves. Even at, even against their best interests, exactly. Um, which is another reason why voter suppression is such a big deal in some states in particular. Agreed. Because they know that if a lot of Black people, a lot of immigrants, a lot of trans people, a lot of uh, newly freed uh, prisoners, actively in prison prisoners, they know that if all those people get voting privileges, they're going to lose. Just the the numbers are too big. So what do they do? They're going to make it hard as hell, and they're going to be misleading about it, and they're going to be deceptive, and they're going to make it hell. And... That's that's why people are disillusioned with the system. And that's why people say, hey, like, just telling me to vote ain't enough because you got to understand what we're going through just to yeah. be able to vote. Um, and yeah. so you don't you don't want you don't want to fuss at people about it, right? Because fussing at it kind of implies some degree of separation from it. And if the true belief is that we're all in this together, you got to know that this is a thing that people are dealing with, like in Kentucky, where they had, like, they had 3,100 polling places, they shut it down to 200. 
Like two of the biggest black districts had like two polling places apiece. That's voter suppression. So you fix that problem and you get more people voting access and fair voting access too. Like not just not just so you can vote, but like it's gonna be fair. Like we promise, you know, like the system's not gonna fuck with your account. Then yes, you can abolish the electoral college, but you need to imbue voters with confidence that their vote counts. Yeah, that you actually give a fuck. Right, um, because as it currently stands, it don't look like that. Right, it it doesn't, and there are reasons it doesn't look like that. There, there there are people who there's a lot of moving parts as to why it looks like that. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of people who want things to look that particular way. And it's why the Electoral College continues to persist at the national level. But yeah, I don't, I don't think that this decision really moves the needle too much in either direction on that. Um, because, and, and the reason I don't think that is because it wound up being nonpartisan in the end, right? In terms of who supported it, who didn't support it. Like everybody supported it, right? Like mm-hmm. every justice, like you got Clarence Thomas and Alina Kagan to agree on some shit. Like <laughs> right, that that twenty twenty wild as fuck, ain't it? Snap your fingers and blink your eyes, cause you ain't gonna see that often. But no, um, I think the steps to doing away with the electoral college are gonna have more to do with, again, like I mentioned, fair voting access, um, getting big money out of political decisions. And I, what I mean by that is not not fundraising, not campaign funding, stuff like that, but like actual legislation of it. Uh, getting the big money out of that side of it. Because then you take the money out, you take the influence out. Um, you take the money out of it, you take the voting against your issues out of it. Take the money out of it, you take the corruption out of it. Not not all the way, but it, it helps considerably to get the money out of the way if you want the corruption to go, and so on and so forth. And once you start attacking those things, then you can get to the root of the problem, which is a lot of people in disenfranchised you know, margins or intersections of identity don't feel like how they vote, if they vote, will matter that much. And therefore, they can look at something like Bush the second win in Florida by like 525 votes, or they can look at something like Trump losing by 3 million votes in the popular and still being the president and saying, hey, something about this is wrong. And the thing about it that's wrong, again, is just where do you campaign? Where do you, where do you push for votes? Because Hillary lost three states by really razor-thin margins, less than a percentage point each. And that could have gone a little differently. So, yeah, I think that's two different fights. So, here's to hoping, yeah, here's the hoping that, you know, this doesn't pull away from the attention and the need to do those things so that the electoral college can be done away with, but we're just not there yet. Well, I just want your thoughts on the matter because I. I, I saw an article that was talking about it and I read a bit of it and I was like, eh, maybe, but mm, I don't, I don't know, fam. We, we, it's kind of, we, and by we, I mean like the 
this country is kind of too entrenched in the electoral college, unfortunately, for this to be like a blow. But I mean, it doesn't hurt to it doesn't hurt to hope. Yeah, no. and again, there's still people fighting for those battles to establish, um, you know, one person, one vote as the way in which we elect the president. But yeah, saying until then, your your electors can't just break the rules if the state has a rule because they want to. It it helps the integrity slightly. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so. All right. On that note, let us take another quick pause for the worthy cause and come back to these HBCU fashions. Thank you for supporting the Flawless Noises Media Network. You can visit FlawlessNoises.com for more information on our other wonderful shows. You can also connect with us on social media. Search for at Flawless Noises on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Go to FlawlessNoises.com slash store if you're interested in purchasing some merchandise. And if you really love us and would like some bonus content, subscribe to our Patreon. With $5 and $10 subscription levels, you're bound to hear something you like. Go to Patreon.com slash FlawlessNoises for more details. We thank you for taking the time to listen to our shows and supporting your favorite hosts. Please feel free to share with your friends, family, coworkers, and more. Flawless Noises Media Network, get to know our sound. And now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. All right, welcome back to Crown and Collins, brought to you by the Flawless Noises Media Network. It is time for the part of the show where we have the most fun. That is HBCU Fashions. No matter what we talk about on the show, this is always a hoot. So, Jeremy, you wanted to spring us in? Yes, it is. This is this is the trash segment of the of the program. Um because uh, I mean, let's let's not sugarcoat it. These HBCU fashions be a mess. Y'all be on some bullshit, and we here to laugh at y'all bullshit. Um, and or halfway give good good advice, but mostly laugh at y'all bullshit. Yeah, we do that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, we mostly here to laugh at y'all bullshit. So let's get started. Um, number one, <clears throat> y'all remember I read these as is. I'm 19 and a junior already. Never got any play, much less a kiss. Got a clean Audi, can make them laugh, and I'm o- and am overall friendly and cool with everybody. So what the hell am I doing wrong to not get a girl? If a fat and broke nigga getting played from a baddie, what do I got to do? Shaking my head. <laughs> Okay, for context, usually when we record, we don't have the camera on. B has had her camera on this whole time. If y'all could see the face she made while I was reading. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Whew, okay oh jesus that was hilarious <laughs> yeah so uh oh i wish y'all could have seen bianca's face oh my god <laughs> so, so all the bulk of your worth is tied up in material goods yeah the rest is tied up in but i'm a nice guy yeah and being a hater and it's haterism afoot yeah it's hateration in this dancery no fucking wonder you can't get on with nobody. Yeah. You you your eyes is on other people's page. Nigga, take your test. Yeah, right. <laughs> like you can't get play 
you can't get play clocking somebody else's controller. Hey, just focus on you and stop stop setting your worth based on somebody else or your ability to compare yourself to somebody else. Stop that shit. Stop it yeah. now. Stop it today. You're 19. Don't, go ahead, B. I was, I was about to touch on that. I get it. You're 19 years old. You ain't lived a whole lot. You've been on college campus for three years. So, like, but now the hope is that you would have learned better. But clearly you haven't. So maybe now's the time. Now ain't no campus to be on to learn how to focus on you, be the best version of you possible, and, 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 and get that loser out your system. Yes. Get the loser out your system because you're 19. It's 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 good that you 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 seem to be somewhat well. You're not aware because you wrote the fiction, but you're 19. Somebody will give you the reality check that you need, so you can get it out your system now, so you don't become a 40 year old nigga on Twitter complaining about women. I think his person was destined to be that anyway. So. Uh, well, you know what? He, he, he going to do that anyway because that's just what he destined to do. Yeah, let's just move on to the next HBCU fashion. We just, found his, we just found his next 20 years already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> next one. My dick don't show in my sweatpants. I be mad, but girls I fuck say that my dick is big. Girls care if he a grower or, or not a shore. And not a shore. Anonymous. Um, let me, okay. Um, there was no punctuation in any of this, by the way. Yeah, I kind of figured as much. Um, here, here's the thing. So this, this person's issue ultimately is I don't get to stunt in a very specific way. Basically, and yeah. what you got to do is you just got to learn to work that in your favor and just be like, like, no, like, yeah, the, the gray sweats thing is off the table for you. Don't, that don't mean you you are incapable of getting played. So you got to flex it differently. And yeah. you got to flex it around the other shit that gets people too bad and then let the fact that yeah, you, you surprise them with the dick. Grower, you need to just work that in as, hey, look, get another plus. You didn't expect this. And this could just this could be something that you don't have to worry about other people knowing about me. Because yeah, listen, you got to play to your strengths. Showing is not your strength. Growing is. So be uh, what Bianca said for the last one. Be the best version of you. Be a dope fucking person that will, because apparently you say, apparently you don't have a problem getting women, allegedly, as you say. So just focus on the fact that you, that you bring something you're to not, the table. Not like this other nigga who can't pull. So. Right? <laughs> oh, right? What you complaining for? <laughs> Right, What's complaining thing. for? Yeah, this, this is a weird complaint. Gray sweats, tech fleece, not your thing. Move on. Yeah, like I get it. Like I get it. You know, you want to have said thirst traps out there. I get it. Trust me, I do. But you, you just gotta, you just gotta work a little harder for the thirst trap. That's all. Yeah, that's it. You know, you make, know. It, make it work the time, or like I said, just take the detach, like take the hands off route. Anyway, next HPCU fashion. Correct. My ex upgraded. Her new nigga like 6'4 with dreads and he looked like he'd be blowing her back out and she looked happy. Shit not fair. I'm the one that got cheated on. I thought some karma shit was going to happen and she caught some type of STD, but no, she is happy. Anonymous. 
Oh, same lesson as the first guy applies here. Focus <laughs> on you. <laughs> oh man. Like she, she, so it, so she cheated with with an intention of upgrading. Upgrading and it worked out. Yeah. You, you need to accept the L's that are imminent. I mean Yeah. You need to stick to the L's and the L's and the rivers that you used to. And yeah, no, just just like cheat getting cheated on sucks. I get it, but nigga. <laughs> Honestly, you writing this fucking confession lets me know why you got cheated. I'm not even gonna be. A, I'm not even go. I'm sorry, but it sounds like you were a loser. It sounds like you were a loser, dog. I'm just. I'm not saying that that's a, a reason to cheat because I feel like if you are with a loser and you're not feeling it, I feel breaking up is better for both parties. But, but. She chose to be a savage of the um, 21 variety. Well, you know, let me not put that on 21 Savage because I don't know his life like that. But she chose to be a savage and got her a king. And uh, tough break. I'm, I mean, hey. Tough break, nigga. There's always fubu. Yeah. Listen, there's always <laughs> Come on with that reference. Um, I will say talk space is available. Use promo code read. Uh, get you some therapy, get your life together, and um go from being a loser to a winner. And move on with your life. Next one. Next one. Our favorite school. All right. Should I be concerned that my boyfriend takes his baby mama every day, almost all day long? She calls him at any time even though she knows he has a girlfriend what's worse is he'll drop everything and answer and walk away am i am i just insecure fam you you are an unwilling participant in the worst game of tug of war possible yes yes i i can suggest moving on but i know people like to be told when they're making shitty relationship decisions to keep making those shitty relationship decisions. So I'm actually gonna shut up. Yeah, this nigga is definitely still fucking his baby mama. I'm just here to tell you that right now. Like you could be mid conversation and you say he dropped everything and pick up her. Oh yeah, he definitely still fucking his baby mama and fucking you. I mean, so, not even be fucking, but he definitely entertaining my ass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you are in a, you are in a uh, trios, if you will, my dear. Uh, Tyler Perry couldn't have wrote this shit any better. So you have to make a decision, beloved. You have to make a decision. Do you want to stay and be a? You know what? I'm not gonna make that joke because fuck that nigga. Um, you have to decide if you want to stay, uh, and be a sister wife Eskimo sister to his uh baby mama or you can go and be like I don't deal with niggas that have baby mama drama I'm out because either way this is not going to end well if you stay this is not going to end well for you no it is absolutely not um and with that 
I think that is all the HBCU fashions I have. I got some more, but I'm saving them in the chamber. Because I'm keeping some because we might do a, depending on if the world goes to shit even more so than it already has, we might do an all HBCU fashion episode next week. We got to see how things shake out. But there's definitely some I'm keeping in the chamber. Uh, but I think that's all and well and good enough for now. Um, thank you all for listening. I know this episode has been kind of lengthy. Um, but, you know, on this show, we promised to deliver y'all hashtag content, and I feel that we did that. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Again, rate us five stars on however you listen to your podcast. No four stars, please. If you do that, we're going to thank you all, hater. And no one star wars, please, because at that point, you're just being mean. Um, Bianca? Um, that's all I got as well. Thank y'all so much for continuing to tune in. Thank y'all so much for continuing to grow this, this little baby network into a big girl and big boy network. Um, couldn't do it without y'all. So thank y'all for giving us your ears because that is the truest sign that we're doing something right. The fact that people continue to tune in week after week and it makes it feel good because it's like, wow, really out here creating this quality ass content. So right, feels good. Shout out to our listeners. Shout out to those of you tell friends and again just you know final reminder if you want to appear on this show we do have a third seat available um for not like because i'm going on like sabbatical or anything like that like but because we truly feel this show works great with three people uh we 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 did it you know with will here for almost a year and we love having we just love having people come in and just chop it up with us. So indeed, if that's something you're interested in, please just shoot us a line and we will, again, find a date and time that works. We typically record on Mondays in the evening Atlanta time and the early the late afternoon Pacific time, somewhere in between for the somewhere in betweens. And yes, we want to talk to you. So let us know and we will be in touch. Indeed. Y'all be good to yourselves, be good to others, and we'll see you back next week.